Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On The Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here's your host for On The Mark, Joe McGranahan. Welcome on board, On The Mark. Mark Larch taking the week off. So with me today is Steve Kushloff. Actually, Steve's been here Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And the final day of his torture is today. Final We've, day of my torture. <laughs> We've chained him to the chair You're for four right. days. He's starting to look hungry, and he probably needs a shower at this uh, point. <laughs> oh, I need Band-Aids. Band-Aids. Oh, yeah, while well, you're hanging in there. And our producer is Lynn Hall. So On The Mark is brought to you by the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at www.sunburymotors.com. Our toll-free line is open. Call us at 1-800-795-9565 or email us at onthemark at wkok.com. On The Mark is brought to you by the Sunbury Motor Company, a family-owned dealership since 1915. 4th Street in Sunbury and Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Find out more about them at www.sunburymotors.com. Uh, let's see. They invite you to visit the Quick Lane on North 4th Street in Sunbury, where they specialize in all types of service on vehicles, state inspection, and nitrogen for tires. And they're open Monday through Friday, 6.30 a.m. till 6 p.m. Saturday, 6.30 a.m. till 2 p.m. The Sunbury Motor Company sells Ford, Hyundai, Kia cars. They are the premier service provider for all makes of cars and trucks and all sizes of trucks. And they're a master towing service with decades of experience. The Sunbury Motor Company, selling more cars, satisfying more customers since 1915. So when I uh, when I do the show with you Joe, uh, I I start every day when I do the show uh, with with uh, a prayer. With my iPad, <laughs> oh, <laughs> a call to a doctor. I say stand by. But anyway, I start the day uh, with my iPad going over the news and stuff like that and very often and don't take this the wrong way, but very often I will start with CNN. That's all right. I watch CNN every morning. Okay. And because I just find that CNN is very, their website in particular, is very good for just a rundown of the news. And so I'll tell you what, I looked at CNN this morning, and just after looking at five or six things, I tell you what, I think these midterm elections are going to be extremely important. I think... uh, Well, that's kind of self-evident, but why do you say that? Well, you know, generally, midterm elections are, you know, we all know the script. They're pretty standard. The party that holds the White House loses seats in the party. Generally. Right. And the party that doesn't, I think it said there was only, uh, it only listed two exceptions. Exceptions, yeah, over the years. Yeah, there have been exceptions. And so I'll tell you what, I think this year... uh, there's a, you know, I think uh, one of the key issues is going to be this whole abortion issue. Uh, that's pretty far down on the list. Well, um, only eight percent of the people surveyed, and the survey that I saw, 
thought that that was the, their primary voting issue. Yeah, it could be. The others felt the inf- inflation. The border scores higher than that, as a matter of fact. And, of course, now your, your good friends in uh, the sanctuary cities are just beside themselves that they're busing and flying people in there, yeah. you know, causing a problem. Senator Martha's Vineyard, which I think the irony of that is beyond belief. Now, here's a poll. I have in my hand a poll. I feel Stanislaus. Like, I, I feel like um, <laughs> former Senator McCarthy. Well, you look more like uh, Neville Chamberlain. In this paper, I have the signature of Herr Hitler. (laughs) This was the NBC poll. This is from August 21st. The number one issue was threats to democracy. Well, I know. You've told me that before. That's right. and you would, But it, doesn't, it has not sunk in, Joe. That's uh, August. Now, if you look at it now, inflation is probably going to take the place uh, of that because we look at the amount of money we're, we're having to spend just to catch up with where we were before. That's why I asked you the other day if you honestly thought you were better off financially now than you were when Donald Trump left office. And you said you thought you were. Yeah. You but you're know, the only American who's going to say that. Well... You know, I am. I, I, I think if you ask a retired person, and I'm retired, and I've got a, I've got a, a decent retirement, and my wife's retired, and she has a decent retirement, and our expenses aren't. You know, we we are not in a position where it's an effort just to put food on the table. Now, even as I say that, I realize there are plenty of people out there, (coughs) plenty of people out there for whom it is an issue. Yeah, it is. Uh, Young people, younger, who are, um, you know, we... yeah, let me just say that. Let me just right. end that. But here's why I think this is going to be a particularly important midterm election. Um, I think this election is going to determine, to a great degree, which direction the country goes in the next two years. Because uh, is the is the Trumpification of the Republican of the MAGA Republican. Republicans is it going to go in that direction or is it going to go towards the Bernieization of the far left oh, radical I, Democratic Party? You know what's interesting about you? You say Isn't the it possible West? that there's going to be people in the middle who are going to say no, we're not going to have either one of these. Right, and from every from the little bit that I've read about primary elections, in the, on the Democratic side, the far left candidates did not win. Whereas on the Republican side, the not far, all the, no, not, not, not no, all, not all, and not all the radical Democrats lost well, either. Well, maybe in places where, like you know, AOC, she wasn't going to lose. And if you talk about a place where it's uh, very liberal, they're not going to lose. But what we're seeing now is that over half of the GOP Senate candidates are challenging the legitimacy of the 2020 election. Over half of the Republican gubernatorial candidates are challenging the legitimacy of the 2020 election. We have people running in in 11 different states as the top election official, and they are challenging the 2020 election. Joe, I'm telling you, if these are the people who do get elected. Well, well, you, but what, what is the point of saying that? Because I could challenge the validity of the 2020 election, but nothing's going to happen about it. No one's going to reinstate Donald Trump or give him a do-over. That isn't going to happen. So if I believe the election was stolen, and I'm not doing anything to overthrow the government of the country because of it, then that's my belief. So, I'm entitled to it. Okay. Just so, as you're entitled to your belief. So you think there's no... Here, here let's look at the worst-case scenario. Why not? We're on the radio. Nobody can see 
our face. So, uh, you know, the worst case scenario, in my opinion, is if you do see these MAGA candidates win across the country in 2022, then I'm going to tell you what, your vote is not going to be worth a plug nickel in 2024. No, no. You're, you're just as bad as Van Jones, or what's not Van Jones, but... Uh, Alex Jones? Alex Jones. Oh, well, your, I don't know about You're that. spouting Democratic QAnon theories at me this oh, morning. Oh, Lord love it. Look, you know, you say this MAGA thing, what does it stand for? Make America great again. Is that such a terrible thing? If you look at America and we, the way we have declined in the last year and a half with Joe Biden at the helm, it's been precipitous and it's been frightening. You don't think America is great? I believe America is great, but it can be greater. I would oh, have said, sure let's make greater. America greater again. That would be my theory. Maybe make it greater, greater. The only th- not the only problem again. is that hanging over it is this specter of Donald Trump. If you take Donald Trump away from make America great again, then you don't have all the negative connotations. of You want to say, oh, it's xenophobic to say, let's make America great again. But let's face it, we're right now at the place where American manufacturing needs to be brought back. What was Donald Trump trying to do? Bring man manufacturing back to the United States of America. Create these good-paying jobs that Joe Biden always talks about. I know you don't believe in uh, what words, uh, the connotation of words. For instance... Yes, I do. Okay. Well, Charles Lindbergh, back, what, in the 20s or the 30s? He was a Make America First, America First. America First. Now, you could say, well, what's wrong with Make America First? It's what it stands for. What it stood for was don't get involved in a foreign war. We have nothing in it. Don't get involved in it. Now, you could agree with that or disagree with it. President, your beloved President Franklin Roosevelt said, I'm not going to send our boys off to some foreign war. He was an America uh, America firster back in those days, too. He changed and he guided the country. But when it came to political expediency, he espoused the same thing early on that Lindbergh did. He had to because he knew what he was dealing with. He knew what he was dealing with in Congress. Had he come out full force from the very beginning uh, about America's entry into World War II, it, it never would have stood a chance. I'm sure you have seen uh, the film depictions uh, of uh, Churchill and Roosevelt, and, and you hear these granted it's a movie, but you hear these conversations between Roosevelt and Churchill, and you hear Roosevelt saying, Winnie, I, I, I would love to help you, but we, we But he did help him. But he did You've help him. You've heard of Lend Lease, haven't Absol- you? Of course. Right. So he did. So we did the right thing. You know, but it doesn't mean the fact that I say something today doesn't mean that I won't evolve or I won't change, just as FDR did. That doesn't make it bad to say, uh, let's make America great again, is something bad because no. Donald Trump espouses it. Okay. Okay, but see, you're the one who suggested. How about a, how about the slogan "Make America Greater"? Well, that I, I got no problem with that. We, as you said, of course we can always be greater, but the idea, but the of, definition of how we determine greater is the key. Well, okay, all right. Like my but, greater and your greater are probably not going to be the same thing. And plus, again, talking about the connotation at this point. MAGA. We know what MAGA, what the connotations of MAGA are. It's the Donald Trump specter. If you just take him out of the equation, it's not that threatening. It's not that devastating to people to say, let's make America great again. Even though I agree it could be, let's make America greater again. It's nothing. There's nothing wrong with saying that. The Democrats are saying that Donald Trump drug us through the muck and the mire, you know, and they don't have any problem with that. Their belief is build back better. Well, what was wrong with the way we were built? 
wasn't weren't we built well enough? Why do we have to build back better? Well, because you can always <laughs> build back better. And you can always make America great. Err. Make it great. Maybe we're not great in this area, but we're great in five or six others. So all we want to do is bring this other one up. All right, well, we've got some calls. Steve and I like to get started. We'll argue with each other just to get the juices flowing. Get the blood moving. You're on the mark, sir. Good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, Joe, you live in Shemokin Dam or Snyder County, right? Been for a bunch of years, right? Yes. And Steve, you live in the region, have for a bunch of years? Correct. Okay. Uh, I'd like to share with everyone this morning, I'm reading directly off the Dr. Oz, Dr. Oz, Joe, website. Meet Dr. Oz. Dr. Oz was the host of an Emmy Award-winning Dr. Oz show and attending physician at New York Presbyterian Medical Center. He serves as Professor Emeritus at Columbia University. Emeritus. Dr. Oz has performed thousands of heart operations and invented life-saving devices to repair heart valves all while practicing medicine simultaneously while hosting his TV show. Hmm, good doctor, don't make, why makes him a good senator. But here's the next interesting part, which I find fascinating. Off his official website, he lives in Bryn Athen with his wife, Lisa, of 37 years in the house they were married in 37 years ago. So right here on his website, Dr. Oz is stating he lives with his in-laws. Interesting. Hmm. Gee, you've never heard of a family home being passed down from generation to generation. Gee, this is awful. We shouldn't do a thing like that. Does it say he owns the home? He and says he lives there. Does so he own the home? He owns property now, in he, the state. He does own a $36 million mansion in Palm Beach, very close to his good friend Donnie Trump. He does own three properties, including, I guess, a dormitory in the, in the nation of Turkey, and he built a beautiful home overlooking New York City in some heights in New Jersey. And he also but owns a home in Montgomery County. Oh, let's let's fault this guy. He's been a success. He's, years ago. he's been a huge success. We need to fault him for that. And what about, you know, we had a caller yesterday, and you never commented on this. What about your boy Fetterman chasing a black man with a shotgun in his, because he didn't like the way he looked? Oh, no, uh, no, no, no. You know, Joe, no, at least, no, 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 uh, no. Mr. Fetterman has attempted to work in a local town, downtrodden, uh, and, and worked in Pennsylvania the whole time. But you, you often make fun of Mr. Fetterman for living with his parents while, earn, while being a mayor earning a whole $150 a year. But this multi-millionaire, perhaps billionaire, uh, carpet-bagging guy <laughs> says he lives in the home he was married in. So either one thing, he either, either is living with his in-laws or is trying on his own website to insinuate to people who don't know that he has somehow been in Pennsylvania for 37 years, which is an outright lie. Which uh, is it? He was born in Cleveland, Ohio. He has went to school and college in Pennsylvania. His medical degree is from a Pennsylvania institution. His college degrees are from Pennsylvania. But all know he dared to live in New Jersey for a while. That makes him a, a rarely a carpetbagger, or as you call him, a political tourist. He is indeed a political tourist. <laughs> oh, but I'm on. just trying to ask you why, in this official website, 
Is he trying to insinuate that he has been in Pennsylvania for 37 years? Well, and why? Or is, he just proud, or is he just proud of the fact that he lives with his in-law? Why is Fetterman wearing hoodies to hide some growth on his neck? Why is he not talking about the fact that he chased a black man with a shotgun? You know, the, again, you're, you're bringing are, different issues in. I'm talking well, about no, but I mean, you're uh, talking. Well, what is in Pennsylvania has served in Pennsylvania for years and years versus a rich doctor who has landed apparently in his. Uh, in-law's bedroom uh, <laughs> because we have an open Senate seat. So what? So what? So, who's, so who's you better are not elect for the job. a multi-millionaire. Neither, no, neither, has, neither uh, of these, million? neither of these issues have anything to do with either man's qualifications to serve as a senator of the United States from Pennsylvania. And yet, and they yet, are peripheral issues. All of them, the ones you're quoting, every, the ones every, I'm quoting. Every caller who has made the point this week about John Fetterman got some financial help from his parents. Right. I don't remember you uh, jumping on that and saying, that's peripheral, that has nothing to do with it. Well, that does have something to do with it, What's because it, it has to do with your work Your work history is not irrelevant. You know, the fact that Do John Fetterman hadn't, didn't have a good job or, or lived off his family, while Dr. Oz was um, practicing medicine and earning a fortune, as our caller says, that those are relevant. Your work experience is relevant. But, you know, peripheral issues like whether or not you lived in Pennsylvania all your your life, or whether or not you have a growth in your neck, or you, you know, th those are irrelevant to the discussion of whether or not you're qualified for the office you're seeking. We'll give you the last I, I word. Agree you, I agree with you, Joe, that work history is relevant. Uh, Mr. Fetterman has been working in Pennsylvania in low-paying jobs his whole career, up until the time he has ascended state office, while Dr. Oz's uh, work history includes serving in the army of a foreign <laughs> government. All right. All right, Eric. We, we, you've preached that to the choir before, and we, we've heard it, so we're going to move on. Thank you for calling. All right. Now, Stan, you want to give the other side of this, right? Wow. That's all I can say. Wow. Uh, we know that uh, we have established that Eric hates Dr. Oz. I can tell from his voice. He hates him. But anyways, that's not why. Uh, Eric doesn't use that word hate. He he will tell you he doesn't hate anyone, and I, I don't believe All he right. hates anybody. He severely either. dislikes him. Then that's probably fair. <laughs> okay. All right. My mistake. I, I don't want to disparage Eric. He severely dislikes Doctor Oz. Well, I severely dislike Mister Fetterman, and I'm not real real crazy about Doctor Oz. But sorry, but that's who I'm voting for. Now that being said. Uh, Steve, you said that the, the polls show that the number one reason people are going to vote is because of the threat to democracy. That was the NBC well, poll from, uh, it was from August 21st, so it's not the most recent poll, but I'm just quoting polls, Stan. I don't, I have okay, no opinions. Okay, all right, awesome, awesome. Okay, gotcha. Now, the big problem with that is we are not a democracy. We are a constitutional republic. <laughs> we use a constitution. Uh, democratic means to elect a, our representatives to the government. We are not a democracy, because a, a direct democracy is two wolves and a sheep deciding what's for lunch. And you know who's going to win, right? Whatever. <laughs> no, no, that's what it is. And we are not a pure democracy. We are not a democracy. We are a republic. And until people get that through their heads, we're going to be in, have problems. Now, the reason we have problems right now is because the elections of 2020 were suspect at, the, at, at best. No, they weren't. Right? We, they were suspect, no, Steve. I don't care what you say. They were suspect. No, there was they too much crap going on oh, in sure. certain states 
that did it. So whatever. You say what you think because that's the leftist line. We'll oh, go with that. Okay. You say there was no problems. Right. I say there was a lot of problems. Because that's, yeah, that's where right. we're going to leave I that. Okay? And, and you now, say it because that's the right you. I have one question for think. you, Steve. Go ahead. Go ahead. Do you, under, do, you, do you agree or disagree to having voter ID? Uh, I would say I'm sort of up in the air about that. I'm, I fall right in the middle. Okay? How's that? You, fall, you'll hate fall it, right but in the right in the middle. And why do you fall in the middle, Steve? Because you should be able to have one way or the other. I want people that go to vote to be who they are, to who they say they are. Right. And the one way to do that is to have voter ID. Don't you, know, you want that? People that vote to be who they say they are? When Social Security started, this is what I understand, and I'm sure Joe can correct me, there was a lot of people who were very concerned about giving everybody a Social Security number because they thought what it was going to turn out to be was a big national ID, that we'd all have these numbers identifying ourselves. So that's and it has turned out to be that. Okay, now as far as the uh, ID, the only, the one issue that does give me pause is the fact that a lot of people for their ID uh, use a driver's license, and if okay. you if you live in a major if you live in a major city, you don't you don't need a driver's license. My sister has lived in uh, she lived in Washington D.C. where she lives there. Well, actually now she lives outside, but when she lived in Washington D.C., uh, she had no use for a car. And so if you have no use for a car, uh, you may not have a driver's license. And that seems to be where, you know, this ID thing starts with a driver's license. Guys, we've got okay. to take a break, so we're going to give you the last word, Stan. Well, you know, most people that don't want the voter ID because they are, in my opinion, bigots because they... I ain't telling you that, Steve, so don't start, but because they think that the minorities are incapable of getting IDs. And right there, when they say that, that shows their pure bigotry. So, Interest, don't know. Interesting perspective. Okay. No, it, I mean, that's, that's that, what you hear, that a lot of people say, well, the you know, minorities and the poor can't get their IDs. Okay, well, we, I'm sorry, this is the 21st, 20, 21st century. People can get IDs. Okay, thanks, Dan. Hey, we got to take a break. I'm sorry. I let it go too long without doing that. We'll take that break, and we'll be right back with On the Mark. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake. A service technician who really knows what he's doing, they can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. All right, Mark, uh, Mark uh, Steve is going to make me eat my words. All right, Mike, you've been hanging on. We'll try and get to you. You may need to call back after the top of the hour if you don't get to finish what you want to say. Go ahead. From Bloomsburg. Okay. 
Well, um, as your previous caller said, we don't live in a democracy. We live in a representative democracy. And to me, that's what really keeps things in checks and balances, especially with the off-year elections when one party is in total control. Generally speaking, history shows that the party out of power gets uh, a gain and tries to put a check on the whatever uh, party is being perceived as extremist. Now, the problem with that is we have evolved to the point where one party, I do believe, has the financial and the technological ability to essentially gain control of the swing districts, okay, what they call, you know, the purple districts or whatever, purple states, and manipulate the voters in those particular areas to win this off-year election that's coming up. And, you know, every election is called the, the most important election or America's last chance. Well, I'll tell you what, for us to be a viable country in the future, to be the world's leader, this is America's last chance. And if we want to pick candidates apart based on narratives, and if we want to listen to ads on TV that are essentially flat-out lies about who a person really is, and if we want to fall for it and vote for the Democrat left, we're going to get what we deserve. And maybe there's nothing stopping it anyway, but my belief is that we are in grave danger right now. We have people running the show in Washington in basically absolute total control, and they're out of control, and if we don't check them by at least getting control of the House, I don't think there's any hope. And that's my position, and I ain't changing. Well, I have to say to you that I believe that government works best when not one party is in control of everything. I don't care whether it's the presidency, the House, or the Senate. I believe there should be split. Uh, Mike, if you didn't get to finish your thought, call back or hang on during the news, and we'll we'll get back to you. 1-800-795-9565 is our toll-free hotline number. Email us at onthemarketwkok.com. The program brought to you by the Sunbury Motor Company. We'll be back after the news on WKOK, Sunbury, Pennsylvania. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here's your host for On the Mark, Joe McGranahan. And thank you. Welcome back on board. I'm here with Steve Kushloff. Our producer is Lynn Hall. On the Mark is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at www.sunburymotors.com. Our toll-free line is open. Call us at 1-800-795-9565. Email us at onthemarketwkok.com. You know, the folks at Sunbury Motor Company invite you to visit the Quick Lane on North 4th Street in Sunbury. They specialize. Why would you go there? Because they specialize in all types of service on vehicles. State inspection, nitrogen for tires, and they're open Monday through Friday, 6.30 a.m. to 6 p.m. and Saturday, 6.30 a.m. till 2 p.m. They invite you to make that a just a weekly habit, as Mark Lawrence does. They're, actually, they've had to throw Mark out of the quick lane. He hangs out there so much. He takes up space. But the Sunbury Motor Company sells Ford, Hyundai, and Kia cars. They're the premier service provider for all makes of cars and trucks and all sizes of trucks. They are a master towing service with decades of experience. So 
we invite you to check them out. The Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, selling more cars, satisfying more customers. That's the Sunbury Motor Company. A quick look at news headlines this morning. A plea agreement in Union County Court Wednesday in the case of a woman's body being dumped along Interstate Route 80. 30-year-old Tracy Ray Collins pled guilty to third-degree homicide and abuse of a corpse in connection with the death of 47-year-old Rebecca Landreth. She was found February 7th near the Mile Run exit in Buffalo Township. The Daily Item reports that Rollins faces up to 80 years in prison. Sentencing is expected in October. A man wanted for alleged shooting someone outside a bar in Bloomsburg has been taken into custody, according to court documents. Police were looking for Kenneth Meeker of Sunbury after he allegedly shot a man in the leg outside of a bar in Bloomsburg last weekend. WBRE reports that Meeker was taken into custody by Bloomsburg police Wednesday. Meeker faces one count of aggravated assault, one count of simple assault, and one count of recklessly endangering another person. He's being held in the Columbia County Prison in lieu of $100,000 bail. And state police are out this morning with details on a school bus car accident earlier this week. It happened on Monday in Turbot Township, Northumberland County on Broadway Road, not far from Milton's Brower Elementary School. A bus driven by 56-year-old Craig Wheeland of Milton struck a car driven by 30-year-old Bianca Hoffman of Milton. The car was turning into the elementary school road when it was hit by the bus. The crash happened around 7 and 7.15 a.m. No injuries were reported. All right, we have two calls hanging, and we have two emails that are both very quick. One says, Steve, go back and watch videos of all the Democrats in Congress challenging the 2016 election. And you're going to be doing that while we take these two calls, I assume. No. I, <laughs> you know, Joe, just like you and I were talking about uh, com comparing uh, Democrats who were squawking about the 2016 election, comparing that to Trump's uh, big lie that he won the 2020 election, boy, if that isn't uh, the closest thing to apples and oranges that I can imagine. You know, there's always going to be people who uh, squawk about elections and how they were <coughs> stolen. I mean, probably the best known would have been the George W. Bush against Al Gore. And uh, oh, and Stacey Abrams down in Georgia. Well, that, yeah, never yeah, did concede that race. Right, Joe, and you keep bringing that up. And well, that's boy, because she I, never, I, she never conceded. So, so what? So what, what is, Donald Trump didn't concede. He, no, yes, <laughs> Stacey Abrams hasn't traveled around the state of Georgia to, saying the big lie, it was stolen from her. No, so but Hillary no, Clinton has gone around the country saying the election was stolen from her. No, I don't think she <laughs> has done that, Joe. All right, and our friend Tom says, after yesterday's show, my vote for Fetterman is cemented in place. Two heads are better than one. <laughs> yes. Yesterday we learned that John Fetterman has two, two heads. heads. All right, Joseph, you're on the mark. And then, Dennis, hang on. We'll get to you. You're on the mark, Joseph. Yes, I was calling in concerning abortion and the topics uh, that may concern the election coming up. I was listening to Lindsey Graham last night on on um, Waters uh, World, and uh, he was saying about he believed that life began, or excuse me, that abortion shouldn't be performed after the first trimester, I think, or when a baby can sense uh, feel, you know what I mean, have feelings. Right. And then there's, you know, people believe that uh, it's at uh, conception, I know Dan does than I do, and Dan is very smart in that. He, he understands more about the X and Y chromosome. I know nothing about that, but he, he's a little smarter than me there, I'm <laughs> for sure. But, uh, and Joe, I think you probably believe it begins at conception also. I don't know. 
Is that true? I don't favor abortion except under certain no, rare I mean, circumstances. No, I begins at conception. Um, I think so, but then there are people who say that uh, it begins when the breath of life is breathed into the child at well, birth. Yeah, and that's what I wanted to address. Your caller yesterday, it kind of knocked me back, and he was quoting the Bible, and, and I thought, man, I never thought of that. In Genesis, says, it says that Yahweh Elohim formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils that... Uh, the breath of life, and he became a living soul at that point. So, man, you know, that's something. And here's the point. It says in Corinthians also that man, uh, the woman came from the man. And that's true, too. So men can have babies. Uh, the first woman, Eve, came out of Adam's body, out of his rib. We know that, okay, if we believe the Bible, and of course some of us do. But here's my point. Uh, yes, that is true. And that was the first man, and ever since that, every man that was born came out of a woman's womb and was conceived uh, was, and became a living soul at conception. And uh, that's just the way it is, you know what I'm saying. But it's, it's, it's when people read scripture like that, and they'll point to that scripture, well, right there it says he became a living soul. That was, you know, so that must be when the baby comes out and takes that first gasp of air, that's when they become a living soul. And uh, it's because of misunderstanding of the scriptures. Uh, there had to be the first man. Uh, Adam was the first one that he never had a navel. You know what I mean? But every man has one since then. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Have you seen photographs of, of him, have you? Pardon me? You've seen photographs of him with no navel? Th did I see photographs of who? Of Adam with no navel. You say he had no navel. Well, I wonder he how didn't you know have that. one because he wasn't. He was formed to the dust of the ground. And he didn't have an umbilical cord to cut off and make a navel there, so he wouldn't have had one. There would be no necessity for it. And by the way, the baby after that first woman was firm, formed Eve, the baby in the womb get, gets its air, its oxygen through the mother's lungs through the umbilical right. cord. It's breathing inside that that, that womb. And, of course, when we take it out, you smack it on the backside and, you know, he'll take his first breath of, of air outside, away from the umbilical cord. All, all the baby's uh, nutrients are supplied through the umbilical cord. And one more thing I'd like to add, uh, that babies can reason in the womb. They can reason and they can understand a lot of things. It's proven fact because they pricked babies' heels, you know, and then made a sound and then did that for a few times and then they made the sound and the baby jerked its heel away because it felt a prick coming. But my point is this, and I like to use the Bible for my references, when John the Baptist was in his mother's womb at six months old, when the Savior's mother came and spoke to Elizabeth, she said, or the Bible says, the baby jumped in her womb for joy. He understood that his Savior was in the womb of the Virgin Miriam, you know? Okay, hey, and listen. So he understood things at six months old. Man, he could understand that. Joseph, that we got to move on. We have two other calls pending. Thank you. Okay, appreciate thank your you comment. Thank you. Oh. Thank you very much for your calling in. We appreciate it. And let's see here. Who do we have? We have, whoops, uh, we have to get rid of that. And we have Dennis on the line from Sunbury. Good morning, Dennis. You're on the mark. Good morning, gentlemen. Not the correct Joseph, but it's not the umbilical cord. It's the umbilical cord. Yes, okay. Well, I think he, he's a very strong Bible believer. I think he likes the word unbiblical. <laughs> That's not to be rude, but anyway, i just listening to Eric making such an issue over this Dr. Oz, where he's lived. 
the people remember that, you know, the first lady, Hillary Clinton, purposely moved to New York at the, in Chappaqua, New York, in the late 1990s so she could run the Senate race, and which she did win in New York. They were not New York people, you know, and she won hands down in New York. And, of course, it was historical because we never had a first lady run, you know, for an office ever. So, but... And, and she wasn't the only one. Senator Robert Kennedy was Massachusetts born and bred. He won New York State Attorney General, Senator first. And then, you know, Romney was governor of Massachusetts and basically raised up there. But he, where did he win his Senate race? In Utah. Right now, Herschel Walker is in Georgia, but he's born and bred and lived in Texas. So, I mean, there's many examples over the years why, you know, it, it just. To me, it's just a dead issue to beat that horse all the time. Yeah, but, but they weren't members of the Turkish military. Oh, well. <laughs> Good point, Joe. <laughs> Honest to God. But anyway, and just sort of to shift gears a little bit, it seems to me like even Steve was talking about our threats to democracy. He mentioned that. As a, ever since Biden, and well, he's not the first one, but everybody keeps pushing this underhanded message that the MAGA movement, their threats to our democracy, Trump is a threat. I ask, how? How are we a threat? You may not like Trump. You may not like his delivery. You may call him a liar because he just is bravado. But I, I cannot see where, if you ever push anybody, when people say that to me personally, show me examples of what the threat is. No one can give me an example, not one example, where Magnum movement is a threat to democracy. But Biden's speech two weeks ago in front of that power or whatever it was down there, or building down in Philly, I mean, it was just such a dark speech. And, and he just reiterated that, and so many of the Democrats are saying the same thing. But just because they say it, where's the proof of what you're trying to sell to us, you know? And, I mean, that's my viewpoint. You don't have to like Trump. Where was he a danger to society? Okay, question that election. So do like 75, 80 million other people. Now, we're all a threat because we question the election. I think you they know? would, Dennis, I would think that they would probably quote January 6th as being the reason. Yeah. Yeah, and, and they throw that in there. And then again, the amount of people that they have arrested for that and the amount of people that actually did violence compared to the amount of people that were there. I mean, in... Uh, there's still undercurrents of who actually fomented this. Who? I mean, we take on the surface what the media tells us, but if you read so many other articles from both sides, there's questions of who actually fomented some of that trouble. So, you know, and I'm not saying that the actors that weren't arrested did do some violence, absolutely. But who really ignited that? Who really stirred that up? And no one can come out and say, you know, but Again, you cannot take that handful of people, nor can you take, you know, the BLM and Antifa and say that's all Democratic fault. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I try to try to balance this out, but it, it's just, you know, craziness out there at the moment. So <laughs> It's political season, Dennis. That's what you get. <laughs> and, and you're right. Absolutely right, Joe. So 
All right. All right thanks for your call. I appreciate your call, Dennis. Thank you very much. Thank you very, very much. We've got to take a quick break. We have one caller on hold. We have several emails. We'll get to all of them right after the break. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full, new, and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Welcome back to On the Mark. I'm Joe McGranahan with Steve Kushloff. Our producer is Lynn Hall. Our toll-free hotline number is 1-800-795-9565. Email us at onthemarkatwkok.com. Eric, you want one more minute? You've got 60 seconds. Roll. Thank you. I think Steve called after I did today and talk about uh, the voter registration, correct? No. Steve, there, nobody named Steve called. Stan called. Stan, I'm sorry, Stan, thank you. Uh, so, so Stan tries to make this into a, perhaps a racism issue. I say it's more of an ageism issue. What about, Stan, all the people who are older and no longer have driver's licenses because they don't drive anymore, they expired? Like my mother, who has to, doesn't get around anymore, she's wheelchair-bound, she votes by mail. So we're going to disenfranchise all of our older Pennsylvanians who don't drive anymore? Or are we going to make them have to, to you know, try to get into a, a voter registration or a, a driver registration site to get it? You want to disenfranchise all the older po- folks here in Pennsylvania well, who don't drive anymore, too. You're missing a point That's because most of, most of these bills, now, but most of these bills have allowed for alternate means of identification, including th- such things as utility bills, something that anybody could produce without much effort. They're not saying it has to be just driver's licenses. That certainly is the most obvious one. But the state is actually giving away free, and I don't think they charge for it. I may be wrong, but I think they're free identification cards so that if you don't have a driver's license, you can at least get an identification card. Right, but you need, a, you, need a, you need a photo ID on it, though, right? Otherwise, what, what, if they don't know you, how would they identify you? Well, how, how would they get, identify you, you with the, the registration site to get photographed? How, how would they identify? how would they identify you with a utility bill? Yet the utility bills would be acceptable under most of these or, most of these laws that have been proposed. But but then again, how do you associate that person with that utility bill if it's just a name on the bill? And they how do they identify themselves as that person's name on the bill, Joe? Again, we're getting the back fact into, that they have the fact that they have they the have bill. some sort of photo ID. The fact that they have the bill. How do you vote right now? You don't have a photo ID, but you can go into the exactly. polls and vote. Exactly. Thank you no, very no, much. Let, let me finish. Let me finish. You can let me finish. You can go in, and your time's up, by the way. You can go into the polls, and you can uh, you have identified yourself in the past. You have signed in with your signature, and you vote. And that's you know the way it has been. If you go to the polls physically, that's it. 
That's and, all you need right. to do. And you compare the signature to the last signature that you. If they even look at with. it, frankly, I, I have never had anybody that I was been aware of really scrutinize my well, signature. Yeah, you're the mayor of Shabokan Dan. They're well, not going to do give you much scrutiny. Believe me, the people that are there in, at the polling place now don't know me from Adam. Huh. So I mean, you know, they're from other places in the county that that come in and do the poll work. But you know, I, I think Eric has a point from from the standpoint that what do you do with a senior citizen? Well, if they have been voting for all their lives, you know, and there's no change in their their circumstances, why would we question them? You know, I think that people would be grandfathered in. What we're talking about is people who are uh, trying to, to identify themselves now. I mean, if I walk into a polling place, I don't have any problem showing them my driver's license. If they say, do you have anything with your identification on it? I've heard police ask that question. Do you have anything that identifies you? Do you have any form of ID on you? You know, to me, the bottom line, without getting into specifics, the bottom line is we should be doing everything we can to make voting easier. And now, secure. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, for instance, as one of the late night comedians has brought up, and I don't even know who, he said, whoever said that the first Tuesday after the first Monday in November is the best day to have voting? How about why don't we have election day on a Saturday when more people are off of work? For that matter, why don't we make election day a holiday so that more people can vote? Uh, as far as mail-in ballots, uh, again, same thing there. Why don't we make why don't we make it as easy and secure as possible for people to vote? You know, we spend we'll we'll spend eleven months out of the year bemoaning the fact that all these other countries around the world have voting rates of like what seventy, eighty percent big. Yeah, and they all require identification too. Be that as it may. It's secure. Okay. And yet, in America, it's it's generally been around 50%. Last election, I think it was over 60%. And we and we are so, we wring our hands. Why don't, why don't more people vote? Why don't more people vote? And then we try to, and now we're trying to make it as tough well, uh, as my possible. My goal isn't to get more people to vote. It's to make sure that everybody who votes has a legitimate right to vote. If you don't choose to exercise your right to vote, why should I force you? If, you, if you're not willing to contribute something, if you don't have some skin in the game, if you're not willing to walk to the polls, if you're not willing to do something positive to assert your right to vote, why should I say to you, listen, I know you don't want to do anything that's inconvenient for you, but okay. here, here's something that will we, we'll practically, if you want me to come to your house, I'll mark your ballot okay, for you. Okay, then you tell, you tell Eric's mother, who is in a wheelchair, to go walk to the uh, polling place. No, I'm not telling her that. I, she is the perfect candidate for a, um, a absentee ballot. She can't physically get there. I'm not saying to disenfranchise people that way. But, you know, we need to make sure that not that she can't physically get there, but that she is who she says she is when she votes. That's fine. And That's all. That's all. Nothing right. more. And this this thing, Joe, I'm not saying, and I never did say, and I don't know how, why you threw this out there, I never said we should force people to vote. I never, well, I'm not sitting here saying people should be penalized if they don't vote. But listen, why don't, you know, we make voting on the first Tuesday after 
after the first Monday. Well, why, don't that, we, why don't we? Why don't we? I don't even, care. Why don't we make it even a little more narrow? Why don't we say the only time you can vote is why? between ten o'clock at night and eleven uh, thirty? Why don't at we night? make it on a regular holiday that's already here? Why don't we just vote on Christmas Day then? Because everybody's off. Well, there's. Why a, don't there's we vote on New Year's Day? Well, so these are. <laughs> I don't want to miss my bowl games, but right, Joe, that's those are right. Some you good don't ideas. Wanna, and if so, if you had it on a Saturday, what makes you think that people would say, "Oh, well, I got two choices today. I can go on a picnic or I can go vote." What makes you think people on Saturday are going to be more likely to vote than any other day of the week? I, Joe, it's pretty obvious because you make it more convenient. You can get to your picnic. Don't worry. You're going to get your hot dog. And don't, don't worry. You're going to get to time. vote. You may have to stand in line at the poll till 8 o'clock at night, but you get to vote. And and that happens. And it's probably going to happen more with some of these restrictive voting and laws. And if, we all, want all, if we all want all these people to just vote by mail, why do we care what day it is? Well, that's fine, but you people... No, I shouldn't me, say you, you people, people. There you go, you people. people. You MAGA... You got on me okay. when I said that one okay, day. Okay, I'll be more specific. You MAGA Republicans, oh, you know, you don't even want mail-in voting. I don't care about mail-in voting. Again, I want it secure. You know, what they did the last time was dead wrong with the Secretary of State here in Pennsylvania changing the rules at the last minute. That That isn't the way we should vote. We should have a standard set of rules that apply. To say that, oh, well, my grandmother can't get to the polls, okay, that's a problem we'll have to solve. But, you know, that doesn't mean we don't require other people who can get to the polls to have a photo ID, does it? Right. And the only way you're going to get, if you ask me, the only way you're going to get a standard uh, standard rules is if we have federal rules that govern uh, voting, and we seem to be... Uh, we seem either to not like the idea of federal laws do governing voting or very much else, or, uh, you know, they, they, there was just so much resistance to it. Well, I have to believe that we're bright enough to figure out how to make it secure and fair and do it. You know, and without, without the emotional stuff of my grandmother is wheelchair bound and she can't get to the polls, that's emotional. Yes, okay, we got to solve that problem. we got to make sure if she wants to vote, she has the way to vote. But that isn't the main problem. The main problem is a lot of people who don't identify themselves. They're perfectly capable of getting a driver's license. They're perfectly capable of getting a photo ID. Why shouldn't they be required to have one? Joe, maybe they should, which is why when the question was posed to us on the telephone, I said I kind of fall in, in the middle of it. But my bottom line is make it as easy as possible for people to vote, and then you well, chime have in no with... The easiest way is to have no restrictions at all. And, but we'll you, have voting month. Everybody can vote during the month of October. There you go. No identification required. Just walk mm, into I the don't polls. Know about that. No, I don't no. Know, well, I, but if know, we require anything, I, somebody I may have a hard time getting you. it. It's got to be secure. Okay. But uh, we seem to put uh, 80% of the emphasis on security and only 20% of the emphasis on getting people to vote. Well, no, that's not true, because what we've had here is a unprecedented change based on the pandemic. We never had these issues before. Nobody right. was raising, we need to have absolute mail-in voting for everything until the pandemic hit. Now we know that there is probably a valid reason why we should have some alternative means of yes. voting. and it's very interesting. We've but been, that doesn't mean we don't, at the same time, make it as secure I, as possible. I, I'm, I'm with you, Joe. All I'm right. with you. All right, Joseph, you wanted one more minute. Go ahead. Yes, I'm listening to you guys about the voting. Uh, isn't it ironic that the Democrats are against uh, having an ID? How would that favor Democrat or Republican that if you have to have an ID to vote? And it would make it easier to cheat. So the, the side that 
doesn't want people to have an ID, I would think that's the side that wants to maybe try and uh, allow people to get in there and vote no matter what. It's just like the borders are secure. Uh, yeah, uh-huh. the, the, there's laws against coming across the border, but it's secure. You know, uh, the, the Democrat Party is all for illegal stuff, and that's quite obvious with the riots in the cities and stuff, and nothing said about that last year. You know what I mean? Uh, and so that just seems uh, it's just strange why it's the Democrats that are against for having a form of ID. To well, me. well, I'm not going to tar the Democrats with that with that brush. Well, basically, although, it's them that's against it. Yeah, well, the, the, you know, but on the other hand, you're, they're saying, and the Republican, they're saying the Republicans are trying to stop people from voting. I so don't why believe would that just stop the Democrats and not the Republicans from voting. I don't think it would. Well, I can't figure that out either. <laughs> no, you're right. It would be it would be the same for both sides, wouldn't it? I would think. That's uh, just me. Yeah. I would think it would benefit or harm each side equally. Yes, right, exactly. Okay. Thank you, Joseph. We appreciate your call. We have another call pending, and we'll get to that right now. Chris, you're on the mark from Milton. Yeah, about Stan's always blathering about the Democratic Republic. I think he Constitutional Republic. Constitutional Republic. If the president were elected by majority vote, we would still be a Constitutional Republic. There is no, there is no, uh, there'd be nothing wrong with that. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. And he's, he's always blathering about that, and the Republicans have been trying to stretch that, and in the election overthrow, they were even saying that the, and a lot of them are still advocating, this is the threat to democracy, one of them, is that people who, that the state legislatures have the right to vote differently than the people and send in their own electors. That was the Republican position for a lot of MAGA heads. And that is a threat to democracy, I would say. I, yeah, absolutely. If, uh, you know, once the election's over, if the uh, legislature doesn't like it and they say, you know what, we don't like that vote, we're going to submit our own list of electors. You are absolutely right. And, and uh, who, who is behind all this? Well, if Trump hadn't as said he, the election was stolen from him, there wouldn't have been an issue. So I guess it's really Trump who's behind it. I don't think that's very difficult to see. Well, he certainly wasn't magnanimous in defeat. I won't argue that with you. <laughs> and... Uh, Nobody's being grandfathered in according to these rules. You talked about the, the old, old people, and a lot of people don't have their own utility bills. Uh, if they're, they're in nursing homes. I don't know if they always have have separate bills in all all nursing homes and things like that. If you're living with your your kids, you don't have one in your name. No, but Chris, so that's not there, really a solution either. Chris, there are many times where you have to prove your identity. You don't just get Social Security with benefits without proving your identity. You have to show them something. You don't get a driver's license no, without who proving I who you are. No, I show anything for them to, to to start sending me Social Security checks. I didn't go. I didn't go and show my uh, my identity to anybody. You had to give your that Social Security number. You had, you had to prove to them that you had a Social Security number. You had to prove to I them. I had to show them a Social Security number when I got hired how many years ago. 
you don't get Social Security without giving them your number. Yeah, they have your number. That, they have your number. They don't have your. They, you yes, they have your number, but they verify it. They verify who you are by your number. They verify who you are by your number. But my point is, whether right. you want to argue this or not, there are many times in life where you have to identify yourself. If a policeman stops you in uh, driving a car, he'll ask you for your license. If you don't have a license, right. you're in trouble. And if you're in the back seat, they they don't ask you. Do well, they? not necessarily. If they have a reason to suspect that there's something going on in the car, they will ask you for your identity. They'll ask you your name. And they'll ask you to identify yourself. And so we're required to have an identity card on. And if you lie to us? a police officer, if you you tell them, give them false identity, you get charged. Yeah. Okay. For uh, I don't know if you that's that's absolutely true. It is. Trust me. Uh. <laughs> And and also, a lot of those names don't come in the exact. You, you don't get your utility bills in your full name. Okay, so what either. we're doing is you're, say, you're saying, oh, all this is impossible. We can't solve this problem. I'm not it's saying it's impossible, Joe. I never said that. Well, then I'm what's just, your solution? Poking holes in the argument. All right. Well, then using. give give That's us give, give us doing. your solution for securing mail-in voting, making it absolutely secure, so that people who vote have a right to vote by mail-in. What's your, what, what is Chris's solution? What is, uh, it's a very complicated question, but I, I as I said uh, to you before, the way they do it now, where you do it when you're first, uh, when you first register to vote, you need some kind of identity card at that particular time in your life, it seems to me, or else you have to be registered someplace else probably in the same state and then you just get it transferred without showing it i believe but that was when that was a time when you had to actually show up at the polls to vote that's not guaranteeing the safety of it today where you don't have to show up where no one sees you you. all you had to do even in pennsylvania all you had to do is say you were out of town and uh a lot of i know a lot of people who do that illegally because you, they, they just say they think they're going to be out of town. They send it in, and oh, my plans got canceled. But and technically that's illegal. But when was anybody ever arrested for that? What one time in the last uh, hundred years? Well, how would they? How would they even most. know? How would they know? Right. Exactly. <laughs> But that's exactly. not. But at least they had. To, they know that John Smith was registered to vote. John Smith requested an absentee ballot. John Smith was no, sent a ballot. John Smith no returned the ballot. Which is no different than it is right now. I beg to differ. It is different now. Right How? now, John Smith doesn't when, have to when prove. You, it. When you used to vote, when you before this last change in the law, before you vote, you just had to say you were out of town. Nobody checked to see if you were out of town. Nobody searched, did a search for you to see if you were out of town. Well, we're going right? to start that, Chris. That's what. That's next. And, uh, is that, yeah, that's what you're asking for. That's basically. right. We're going we're gonna to take you guys away. We're not going to let you vote. We're going to have to prove you're out of town. And hey. the other thing is, in cities, I mean, around here, you usually can uh, get, get in and out of the, the Department of Motor Vehicles to get an ID in, you know, under an hour if you go on the right day especially but in a city it's almost always three or four hours and if you're doing it the year of the election and making these change which is often the case and all of a sudden you have all these extra people showing up at the dmv because they need vote voter id 
you're going to have six hours, seven hours wait probably. So what you're arguing now and is we don't... And that is a burden, and that is a way to de- depress the vote. So what you're arguing now is that we can't solve the problem. Hey, Chris, I'm sorry, we got to move along. We have two other calls pending, and we have to take a break. 1-800-795-9565. That's our toll-free hotline number. We'll be right back. Callers, stand by. Welcome back to On the Mark. Joe McGranahan, Steve Kushaloff, our producer's Lynn Hall. One of our emailers says, No disrespect, but when Joseph gives political opinions, to me it's moot since he doesn't vote. All right, uh, Mike, you want one minute? We'll give that to you, and then we have Bill from Northumberland hanging on. Go ahead, sir. Did you say one minute, sir? Yes. This Is, is this your first time calling? Uh, uh, no, you asked me to call back. I wanted to, okay. uh, uh, to switch topics here just a, a little bit and tell you about my 9-11 story. Is that possible, or should I save it for another day? Uh, well, how long is it going to take? Well, I go through quick. Okay, I generally work 12 and a half hour days, rotating shift work, and a very rigid schedule. And I get called out on my day off, which was September 10th, to come in for a 12 and a half hour night shift. Not good. Didn't get much sleep. I make it through the night. I walk out of the tunnel into this beautiful, pristine day, and I get in my car, and I'm driving home. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, and I'm, I, like, I'm obsessive compulsive. I'm not like a, you know, one of these touchy-feely kind of guys. And this overwhelming sense of peace, serenity, and security come over me and thankfulness. And I say to myself, and I, I don't know where this is coming from, I am so lucky to live in the United States. None of my parents had to ever be in the war. Uh, my brother escaped Vietnam. I didn't get drafted. My country's never been attacked during my lifetime. And everybody alive at this time has never been attacked. What a wonderful day. What a wonderful world. I go home. I crawl in bed. And about 4 in the afternoon, I had to go in tonight for a regular shift that night. My wife wakes me up. And that's like, you know, I told you I'm rigid. Don't ever do that. So immediately my mind says, one of the kids is hurt. Something bad, house is on fire. I mean, that quick. And she says to me, our country's under attack. Okay. And I've never told this story without being emotional. But I had to get dressed. She had my lunch packed because she didn't know how long I was going to be at work once I left. She thought maybe I wouldn't be coming home for a while. If you don't mind me asking, part, uh, pardon Mike, me? Where, if you don't mind me asking, where do you work? Uh... Well, I'm retired now. I worked at the uh, power plant, nuclear power plant in Berwick. Oh, okay. I pulled into the parking lot, and uh, from the north, it looked like, came what appeared to be an F-16 jet. It had its missiles on. It did low flight right around the cooling towers, turned on the afterburners, and took off heading east. And I figured, must be another wave of attacks he's responding Mm. to. So, you know, just like everybody else, we we go in there and... uh, you know, we get the briefing and, and so on. We know we're in trouble. We don't know what to expect next. You know, we're on a war footing, basically. I'll tell you that. Okay. And now some of the peers I work with, you know, generally intelligent, you know, usually much more than me, they didn't think what happened was a big deal. You know, it was just, well, one of those things, you know, this is going to come and go. Well, here's my position, and this is uh, a dovetail into my earlier Can Can you uh, wrap call. it up? I'm sorry, we have other calls yep. pending. No, I, I can't. <laughs> okay. I'll do it right now. I believe that the United States is under attack by multiple forces, coordinated forces outside of this country. 
And we are not on a war footing. We are not fighting for survival. We're fighting amongst ourselves. And that may be because there's a wing of our government right now that I think that they're okay with changing this country fundamentally and, and bringing us down. So that's all I'm going to say. Okay. This next election is important. And, you know, do what you got to do when you vote. Thank you. Appreciate your call, Eric. I'm sorry, <laughs> Mike. Uh, Bill, you're on the mark from Northumberland. Good morning, sir. Morning. Morning. Uh, first off, the argument about the IDs. Uh, I can tell you from experience, my mother-in-law is 92. Approximately three, four years ago, she stopped driving. We needed to get her an alternate ID, so we went down to the driver's school. She needed it for a bank and other things. You know, it, you, if you had to for that, you needed to vote. Second off, you can tell by Chris's reaction, you know, the, the guy from Milton, the expert, he said that he knew people that were voting by mail that could go there. Well, in my opinion, that's voter fraud, and they must be Repu uh, Democrats because if we were Republicans, you'd be reporting them. <laughs> and third, they talk about standing in line for voting. Now, I realize there's a difference. But you put it in retrospect, you look over England, there's millions of people standing in line to see the Queen. And they, they're standing in line for days. You mean to tell me you can't stand in line three, four hours to vote? If you're worried about that, get up early in the morning and go vote early. Yeah. There's plenty of time. Well, I guess you can I make the argument. What about the I don't what about the voting on a Saturday? I I don't disagree with that. That makes good sense. Okay. But the reason not to stand in line. Well, I'm, I'm sure there are a lot of aged and infirm people who would like to say goodbye to the Queen, but they can't stand in line for that period of time, and I don't see them having a special line for people who are who are inconvenienced by waiting, do they? I no, mean, basically, you either so get there or you don't get there. Still standing in line, right? It doesn't matter. I mean, I, I couldn't stand in line that long. I can tell you that. But if I wanted to bad enough to go view somebody, I'd try to make the best I can. But these people that poor people that can't get to vote, don't give me that malarkey. That's a bunch of malarkey. Yeah, can't argue with that. I think most people have some way of getting there. If they don't, then I think we have to make make it uh, easy for them to have a mail-in ballot. But we've got to make darn sure they who they say they are and that they can identify themselves. And right. I, I'm glad you made my, you made. You register to vote from now on. Why don't they take a picture of you right then and there when you sign up to vote? Register. Just take a picture then. Yeah, but I, I hate to tell you, Bill, I look a little different than when I signed up to vote years ago. I had hair, for one thing. Well, yeah, but it, it's still, there, there's your, one of your solutions. Yeah, well, you know, they could also do it when you go to vote. They could take yeah. your picture there. You know, all right, you came in this time. We have a picture of you. You're Joe Blow. I, I can see where that would work, yes. I agree both that with them. Okay. All right. Thanks a lot, man. We appreciate your call. 1-800-795-9565. The toll-free lines are open. We'll take our final break of the day. We'll come back with some emails. And Steve wants to throw something in my face that I said earlier, so we'll let him have that opportunity. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake. A service technician who really knows what he's doing 
They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Okay, welcome on board to On the Mark. We still have about seven minutes left in the program, six perhaps, and Steve wants to throw something back at me that I said earlier, and we have Shirley waiting from Sunbury. So go ahead, Steve, real quick. Well, Hit me, hit me, brother, hit me. Right. Uh, <laughs> we've, we've talked a little bit about why the midterm elections are going to be so important. And, Joe, you kind of hit the nail on the head. At the beginning of the show, you talked about the specter of Donald Trump. And there's there's no question that this specter of Donald Trump is hanging over the elections, the midterm elections. And if uh, MAGA Republicans uh, take over Congress, then that uh, specter of Donald Trump is going to become a dark, what if the Republicans take it over? What if the Republicans take it over? There are more than Republicans running the MAGA Republicans. What if the, what if the Bernie Sanderites take over the country and they take us into socialism? What about that? Huh? How bad would that be? <laughs> the specter of Bernie Sanders is hanging over the election. And Al Gore, who told us we were all going to be dead 20 years ago from from the environment. <laughs> Neither Bernie Sanders nor especially Al Gore are especially prominent in American life well, today. Oh, yes, As Al Gore invented the Internet. He is prominent. You know, he never said that. Yes, he did. I, I think it was you Republicans. He said it. Said Shirley from Sunbury, you're on the mark. Good morning. Yes, good morning. I'm calling about the uh, photo ID card. Sure, go ahead. Okay, okay. Uh, I'm 90 years old. When I got my renewal to renew my driver's license, I, I told them I can't drive no more. I gave up my car. So uh, they said I could get a photo ID. It didn't. You said it don't cost money. It did. It cost me $37 to get this voter, uh, voter ID uh, card. And it's, uh, at the, I have it right in hand. It says identification card. But under that, it says not for real ID purposes. And I, when I got this, I questioned that. So then what do I have this card in hand for? Well, they told me that's one there because if you leave the country, it, this card would not be any good to do that. So I don't understand why they print that on the card. I have it right here in front of me. It says not for real ID purposes, and it did cost me money. Well, you said it's free to get a card. It is not free. Okay, I, I, I said I could be wrong about dollars. that. I said I could be wrong about that, but real ID is different from a standard photo ID. Real ID is this new thing, and I'm not even certain I understand what its purpose was, but it is right for foreign travel. It's like a guarantee that you are who you say you are, and primarily I thought it was for international identification if you were leaving the country. I don't think you would need that, but I'm surprised it cost you $30 just to get a photo ID. 
It most certainly did. Yeah, that's that's not right. Shouldn't be. Where where well, did you go well, to get you're it? You're telling people you can get it free. Well, uh, mine it was not free. I had to pay. Mm-hmm. I had to pay to get this card. Where did you have to go to get it? Uh, it, it came from PennDOT. They send it to you. When I when I re, when I renew wanted to re they wanted me to fill out this form to renew renew my driver's license. So I sent them a message telling them I no longer can drive a car of my age. Mm-hmm. And I says I need a vote. Uh, they say you need a voter I, or not a voter ID. You need a card, a identification card, to do anything of your business. Mm. So I did. I sent it back. And it, was, it cost me thirty. I for, just forget uh, uh, back of my mind thirty six dollars or something like that. I did get my new card, but on here it says not for real ID okay. purposes. But how did you get That's your picture? That's when pic- I questioned that. How did you get and your picture? Said, Shirley, how did you get your picture taken for this card? They used a picture of, from when I had my driver's license. Right. Oh well, then you see there it is possible to get it. That's probably why they charged you. Well, in they other didn't words, tell me any other way to do it. No, but your driver's license would have cost you the same thing. I I thought that there must be another way. We're going to have to find out. But you know, you bring up well, a good I'm point. Well, I'm telling you, telling people you could get it for free. Well, I, I did uh, not get mine for free. Okay, and, and I said I, I could be wrong about that. Why they, I don't understand why they print that on your card, and it says not for real ID purposes. So when I go to the vote and show them this card. They'll say, well, this isn't a real ID card. No, you didn't hear me. Real ID is something different from just a standard photo ID. Real ID is something they've created in the last few years. I thought, as I said earlier, I think it's for international travel or it's a form of international identification. They did explain to me that's what it's for. But they shouldn't print this on your card if they're telling you that it's not for real ID purposes. That should not be printed on this card. Okay. Well, they, maybe they should print, this is not a real ID. But that would, I think the whole thing is confusing by calling it a real ID. Shirley, I'm sorry, we have to move along. Thank you. I appreciate your call. If I was wrong about that, I apologize. We're going to have to find out whether or not there is a charge. But right now, it's not required, so it doesn't matter. Nobody's being forced to do it, right? I would say if we make that a condition, then we have to make it free. Would you agree with that? Well, let me think about that for the next time, <laughs> time I we're here. Yeah, yeah, hey, yeah. Steve, it's been fun having you here. Always enjoy oh. doing the show with you. You're a good sport. It's often a pleasure. <laughs> often, but sometimes it's not. <laughs> Lynn Hall, thank you for doing a great job producing for us this week. Uh, tomorrow, Ben Reichley will be here. I don't know who his co-host is, but somebody will tell you tomorrow. Thanks a lot for listening. This is WKOK, Sunbury, Pennsylvania. <laughs>